What's up, guys? Welcome to the Make My Day podcast. I'm George LaHoff, and I'm joined by my buddies, Luca Pretty and Winston Moy. Winston, how you been, buddy? I have been surprisingly busy, but good. How about you, Luke? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm off on my winter break now, back into the uh, swing of things with school. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing all right. Awesome, awesome. What and about you, George? I'm, I'm doing good. This is the first one back from the new year, so it's... it's um... It's all in my mind. Let's fresh start. Let's you know kick it off strong for the new year. We got the podcast back. Missed you guys big time, and uh, just really excited to see how your shops are going and and what you guys have been up to. To be honest, anything oh. new with you, Luke? Anything you've been going on over there? I organized my shop. Slightly. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> as small of a move as it was, it has lifted my spirits so that's a good thing um but i can walk out in the garage i see where okay i have my cutting tools over there i have my sanding over here like it's actually somewhat systematic in there oh that's fantastic that is really good (laughs) i still have an issue with scrap wood so i'll deal with that and i'm not at your level with you know having the drill driver rack but I'm already thinking through how I could almost use like a pegboard idea because I have plywood walls in there. So I can just oh. kind of put oh, wow. in screws wherever. Well, that's and really I, nice. Yeah, I was like, okay, I can start working with that. So that was my big first step of the new year. I was like, I have to get back into this. So I, I've been really trying to lay more of a um, systematic approach to it all, being very purposeful or intentional with everything that I'm doing. So it's like, my garage seems like it's a workspace more or less so um that was probably my biggest thing um that's like brand new last weekend i think i tackled that so So now you can walk in there and grab whatever tool you need without having to jump over like your chop saw to get to the next project and all that kind of stuff uh, all the recyclables (laughs) from uh christmas and stuff like that um like firewood that we had just random things that should have never been in there in the first place so that's exciting yeah it's it's very nice it's by no means ideal but it is a huge step in the right direction you know what i've kind of realized um you know uh, i try like twice a year to like organize the shop and it's almost like you see it just in stages because it always builds off the last one. So like it'll get a little better and then a little better and then it like gets like really good every time you keep doing it. It's not like you, it, at least in my mind, how, how it's been with me. It's I've never been able to clean and organize all of my shop in one shot and like ready to go. It's always been like, all right, I'll do this now. This is good. I got to get back to my projects. And then the next time I organize a shop, it'll be the next organization project type of thing. Yeah, definitely stair-stepping is the way to go. I mean, you guys could see right now, this is my other big thing. It's the Capriti Creations master list, and it has everything I need to do on there. So again, organizationally, I have like podcast stuff. I have Um, things that I need to do for like setting up Pinterest or Etsy store. Um, you know, things that I need to make in the house versus things I need to make for customers. So it's like, I I'm, I'm getting along there, but I agree that once I saw all of this, it was like, I saw the top of the Burj Khalifa and I was like, how am I supposed to build something that high? Um, and instead of thinking like, let's start down here, just get one thing done. Um, so that's where I tackled the garage, the organization. The shop needs to be in order to a certain extent. It doesn't need to be perfect. Um, so at least I started organizing it. Now that I have it organized, I can go out there and I can start tackling some of the things in the house. Like we need a toy box for Maui. 
So I was oh, like, okay, cool. that's a simple thing <laughs> that I can do. Um, now that I have a shop, I can tackle that, get that off the to-do list. So it's kind of like I'm trying to stair step and not say, well, just focus purely on um, the garage organization and then nothing else is going to get done. Like an ideal shop with no projects is kind of pointless. Um, so hopefully I'm doing the right thing. It makes I, sense in my head. <laughs> I always wonder that sometimes because sometimes you'll see like some YouTubers and and it probably isn't like this in real life, but like like 20 other videos in a row are all like jig projects or shop organization projects all like mixed in with that. And I never, you never get to like kind of see what they're building. And I'm sure they, they're just not filming it because it's not what they want to put on their YouTube. But I'm almost like wondering like, man, did, did they just like build the perfect shop? But like, what's like, what's next? Like what, what's, what's it, what's it for? I want to see a little bit more. So yeah. I, I agree completely with you there. It looks like you have a pretty big list of uh, things you guys are going. It's almost is, is 10 YouTube pages. on that? Oh <laughs> yes, there is YouTube on there. Oh, um, right. Which another thing I got a, a really cheap um, camcorder. So like I, I even did that to make sure, again, that I'm laying out the um, framework for things like that. Like I can't just have a good shop and no camera. Um, yeah, I could use my phone, but the storage on it is iffy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be recording something and it cut out. So um, that's why I was like, I just need a dedicated camera. I can have a little mount so that I have somewhere. So like those are kind of the things where I feel like the framework is laid out to where now I don't have an excuse for setting up a YouTube video. Um, I've been cool. making videos for my classes now, real small like editing to it. I'm not doing nice transitions or whatnot, but it's just simple um, using Wii Video. It's a free online app and um, editing stuff on there. So like I'm more comfortable with video editing or processing. And so yeah, like again, I feel like I have things lining up um, for a very productive 2021. So have you ever thought that that I'm, I'm curious now so, so you're making videos for your kids have you ever thought of like making i mean you get multiple youtube pages if you want but like your one of your youtube pages around that like teaching the world of kids out there versus just like your class with what you're already teaching your current kids yeah um the one thing i don't know how it all works like um you know how at Naver we were not supposed to like say have stocks in certain businesses and um, there's that idea of you're double dipping if you know something. Well, like if I'm making these videos and then putting them on YouTube, hmm. and then if I have, you know, say anything to do with ads on there, am I actually using my position to benefit myself versus the school? I could argue then I'm just going to use that money to get more supplies for the classroom. You know, um, I, I, I'm i in yeah, my head on that one, but yeah. I do agree that, um, like how we've talked about the makerspace and stuff like that with the idea I want to be like training myself for one day being able to say teach kids or other people you know people our age or older how to make stuff so um, I do see that as like one aspect or like a playlist say within um, my channel I can't uh, yeah. wait yeah. I can't wait to see yeah. what comes from Capriti Creations this year, man. This yeah. is and your sister's uh, still kind of a big part of it all with you too? Um, or is it not mainly... really. Um, okay. I think with the pandemic, it's just that um, she, I assume, will help me, say, with painting and some of like the creative side. Mm -hmm. um, I know we're probably going to talk a little bit more about what are some goals throughout the year, um, and one of them being a product catalog. And I feel like my sister's good at kind of projecting or understanding trends or what's um in with things at least interior design wise 
So I feel like she's going to be a big part, but maybe more behind the scenes. So, yeah, we'll see. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. very cool. How about you, Winston? What do you got on the plate for this year? <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't know. Um, I've got one project that should take me through till March or April. Oh, wow. Um, so that that's the the camping trailer kitchen thing that oh, I was yeah, talking about before. Oh, yeah, you about that. Um, so, like, that's kind of the only thing creatively that I want to have on my plate outside of work. Um, and then beyond that, I'm not sure. I've got a couple small projects that I want to do that are, like, a little space-themed. Um, but I don't have any, like, major projects or goals that I want to get done past April. Um, oh, so I'm just going to keep the, it open-ended the and rose enjoy your oyster. it. Um... <laughs> But I don't know. Work has been like really busy though, because um, we are gearing up for like a another product launch or two, and I can't really say what they will oh. do. <laughs> um, I can say it's not a rotary axis, um, but like those things, I'm currently helping or doing most of the R and D for it. Um, actually, that's a lie. That's only for one of them, um, one of the two, but that has kind of soaked up a lot of my time and that's kind of why i haven't been able to put out videos for carbide mm-hmm. um because to me it's like it's either we get a product out or i make some videos about our old products and i want to keep pushing forward um so i don't really have a lot of time to dedicate to making videos as much as it pains me um but it is the stuff i'm doing is more fun um but i have to balance that um, I've gotten a lot better about leaving work at work. Oh, nice. Um, like when I come home, I'll focus on my own stuff. Um, but yeah, work is busy. Can't really make many videos there. Uh, the side hustle is like focused solely on one project. And uh, that's about as far as I can project into 2021. And I'm pretty okay with that. Um <laughs> In a similar vein to Luke, to you, Luke, um, I did have a little shop organization moment, but not for my garage, uh, for the carbide shop, because like our shop is kind of a disaster. Because every time we get a new machine, like a Shapeoko or a Shapeoko Pro, we always get the biggest one, so we can show it on video. We have the most capability in the shop, but that means like in my finite corner of the shop that i've carved for myself it's there's a shapeoko double xl there's a shapeoko pro double xl there's a nomad um like just having all these big machines to move around and try and like tetris your shop around is just it's really unpleasant um so we have these rolling workbenches that we've kind of standardized on um and there's drawers underneath it uh, just like a pair of drawers but um the area under the workbench is mostly open Um, and I was always thinking that that's a lot of lost real estate so I finally uh, pulled the trigger I went and got some MDF and I just um, put in some shelves underneath the tables that just span the like the supports underneath the legs Um, so now I can theoretically fit like another nomad or a small shape oko underneath it um, and have a big shape oko on top and it's it's not quite doubling the the amount of stuff I can store in that space, but it's pretty close, and it gets enough stuff off the floor that I don't have anxiety looking at it, thinking about how bad it looks. Um, so yeah, that's 
that's my one bit of uh, shop improvement in uh, January, and hopefully it continues to trend upwards, but I'm not super optimistic because there will be more junk piling up <laughs> in my shop. There always is. So I've, I have a question for you. So you're at work now, you're, you're a lot more into the design side of um, CNCing. Do you think on your YouTube channel, you're going to go through your engineering design, um, you know, how you go about that with the CNCs? Because I think that's pretty, I know it's a little bit different from how to actually go about designing within a CNC platform, or maybe it's not, I don't know, but I think that'd be pretty interesting to, to see. So I actually wanted to make sort of a, an evolution of the Nomad video showing how I built the enclosure and everything and designed it from the ground up. Cool. Um, the tricky thing is I need to work around how do I not divulge company secrets along the way? Yeah. yeah. Um, because there are aspects of designing a CNC that um, you only really figure it out through experience or by reading books and figuring out the best practices. And... I mean, there are certain things that we do that we've learned that we don't want to give other people a shortcut into figuring out, oh, that's how you build it the correct way. Um, and we've seen some people try and copy the shape Oko and they copy the wrong things and you just look at it and you chuckle to yourself because they've made, even though they think they've copied it, they've made an inherently inferior machine. And we're just over here chuckling, but we don't actually want to be like, like if we make a video bashing another machine, they'll it's know. basically saying, "Oh, you did this, this, and this wrong," and so they'll just be like, "Oh, we'll fix that, that, and yeah. that." So it's kind of a fine balance you have to do. Like, what do you spill and what do you hold back? And it's kind of strategic. Um, but the design of the Nomad enclosure, the steps we went through to get everything manufactured or prototyped, even. Um, that I thought would be a pretty interesting story. I just haven't gotten around to it. Like there's there's really simple projects that I've made or test pieces back in December, November that I machined on these machines. Um, and it wouldn't be super complex. It's just like, hey, here's a test piece I made. Here's the, the fusion file. Here's the tool pathing. Here's it cutting on the machine. Haven't even gotten around to that, even though it'd make like easy Instagram content, some basic YouTube content. It's just been radio silence from the Carbide Studio, with the exception of um, the videos we have with Kevin, uh, Big Barn Design on Instagram. Uh, he's a local woodworker. Uh, George, you've met him at uh, WorkbenchCon. Yeah, I thought I remember that name, yeah. Um, yeah, the super tall guy. Um, Big beard, I'm His assuming. sticker was Flannel. like with his head cut off. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's uh, actually come in and shot a couple of videos for us and... Um, he was like sort of the guy who did the introductory Shapeoko Pro video and the Nomad video. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I, um, think, it, I think I actually saw those videos when you guys posted them. That's yeah, cool. but it's just like, it's it's important content to have, but it's not the fun project content that I want to see myself. Um, so, I don't know. Hmm. It's it's good having someone at least fill the, the gap a little bit since I can't make videos right now, but I do want to get back into making videos. I, I miss it. Yeah. just a little bit i miss watching them man <laughs> definitely for sure well i got two scripts done one for carbide one for me so hopefully don't want to make any promises but maybe late january early february if they're not out by then i'll be very disappointed in myself 
So you can sort of hold me to that. All right, people, you heard him say it. The yeah. date's out there if we don't see it. Essentially, <laughs> next podcast recording, we can kind of hold you to it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we'll see how it looks by then. <laughs> well, so so my shop has been... It's always funny hearing you, Winston, and like your like extreme focus on projects compared to my extreme unfocus on projects and just like crap shoot across the world for trying to do everything <laughs> possible because it's just continuing. <laughs> so, um, you know, I kind of mentioned that, um, you know, with the start of the new year, um, I, you know, fresh start type of thing. Let, let's see what we do this year and, you know, start aiming for all those goals. Um, so like you guys at a shop organization, I made a whole bunch of those, um, you know, drill organizations uh, for the wall. And uh, that was easy to make. And man, what a what a difference. So you have all the charges for all the right tools in the right spot. And you never have to look because I normally just put things down in the shop and forget about them. And, you know, all my drill bits are um, like in the right spots now and everything. So that's just like that was an easy like efficiency upgrade right there. And right now I'm building Finally, I've, I've definitely spoken about this before, but I'm finally building three uh, tool flip tables so that I'm going to have, um, you know, my planer, my joiner, my table saw, my chop saw, um, a, a, a tabletop sanding machine, everything on these flip tables um, so I can wheel them out of the way when I need to and I don't have to like lug things out because I got to tell you like I'll like do my best to avoid uh, using my planer because it is so heavy and it's on the bottom shelf of my floor and it's like I'm gonna like pull my back out one time picking this up so so that's gonna be um, those are currently in the progress in the process of being made right now um, question George yeah are you building three separate tables or are yeah. you doing one table and then are you going to have like an interchangeable um, like flip top? So they're all going to be I mean? flip tops, um, but there's going to be three of them because I so, have uh, so many machines that I want them all to be flip top tables. Okay. All right. I, I know something that I considered. I thought I saw somebody. I can't remember who it was. They made a table where essentially the axle for the flip top part, um, you could just lift both tools out put that set of tools that couple of tools down underneath of the table and then you would get another set of like two tools and lay the same axle so you have like this interchangeable um flip top bed um with whichever tools on there so that you don't have multiple tables of like an integrated axle is that oh, making that's sense so so it's um, I, th I think it makes some sense so that you could actually fit what you can fit more than like four tools on one even because you're or you're like swapping them out essentially yeah you're kind of swapping them oh. out like whatever's underneath the table you don't have space for extra things all of your flip top stuff is confined to that table so the bench like underneath or the shelf that winston had made for his um rolling carts mm -hmm. that shelf um would be covered with now your two ah. or your sets of flip tops i, I mean Dude, you have a good idea going forward. Well, I wonder like, how that, yes, yeah. send me, if you find it, send it my way. I mean, these are already, yeah, I mean, these are probably already almost close to done. But, but, um, and this kind of worked out because it was really cheap. I actually had, um, I finally took apart my axe throwing cage that I set up for my birthday for fun. So I had all this like crappy two by four wood that like 
wasn't rated for outdoors that was outdoors for like the worst weather um so it'll be perfect for this <laughs> so um uh I've, I've actually started building out all the frames for them and everything with that um but send me what that is because maybe that i can maybe i'll change the design a little bit around it but um i actually looked at so there's a bunch of people who've made these type of things out there pneumatic addict with like made one of the a, a really she made one of the only ones out of two by fours but then um fisher shop I, that guy's i really like his designs um so he like incorporated a good way to have power in there so that um you could always have it connected um and the wire wouldn't run around it while you keep rotating it because uh, you can only rotate it um 180 degrees and then it has to go back the other way so i liked his design too so i kind of merged a whole bunch of different things to make what i've got coming here um so so that's coming. That's that's another shop organization, and um, you know it's all in my mind about being more efficient with the shop and with this year. So last year I got. It's funny thinking back to to what we you know what we were doing a year. So last year I got the Glowforge and the Jet Bandsaw, which I'm loving both of them. Funny enough, you will see the people talk about like. Oh man, I made money enough to like make back this purchase. I, I already paid off the Glowforge looking at the sales from it. So it's like, it, it's just kind of adding to the testimonies out there that, you know, there's people that don't do sales and they probably complain like, oh, I'm, I can't make my money back. But like, if you actually try it, it easily paid for itself. So based off that, you know, now I'm looking at this year, I'm like, all right, what's next? You know, like, so I'm, I'm actually thinking about um, more of a even pro large scale CNC machine um, that will end up taking up like an entire wall slash probably can't open one of the doors to my shop. But um, I've been like racking up a whole bunch of different designs I'm thinking. And, you know, it's just, I, I spoke to Winston a little bit about this, but it's gone to the point that um, for professional stuff um, that fits on it, like I'll go to the shape Oko I have, right? Um, and that I know will cut it repeatedly and I can get up and running real fast. The Maslow, I like, I like it for the idea, um, that you got like a, a cheaper, um, CNC that can cut large scale, but, um, you know, getting it perfect every time takes a lot more, um, babysitting sometimes um because you have more of a free hanging cnc right so the rails you can kind of be a little bit more sure of of how it's operating um so uh, i'm thinking i might be at the point where i want to get to have something that i could be running in the background without me having to monitor it as often uh, just for the business side of the house so that i can focus on um maybe more fun videos like handmade stuff and stuff like that um so you know, that that's a goal for the year, I think. So maybe by the end of the year, I'll revisit this and see if I actually end up buying myself, uh, you know, some very expensive CNC machine for my shop that definitely can't handle the size, but I'm going to try and make it fit anyways type of thing. <laughs> um, do you, you have, <laughs> do you have 220 power in your shop? I'm going to get it. Uh, I've always, I've had that plan for a while anyways. So I'm, I'm okay. I actually was, um, I want to get a, a, a panel for my garage anyways, so that uh, if we ever lose power, I could have a generator hook it up to it and and, and feed power. So at the same time, I'll have them run 220. Um, I was planning to do that anyway, so so I will. 
if I do okay. this, obviously. That you're thinking spindle, some right? Of the, <laughs> yeah. Anything above like two and a half horsepower, you really can't run on one ten. So you would need to upgrade your electrical to handle a bigger CNC. Yep. <laughs> I uh that's that's part of the goal. And you know, it this is all really good because um uh, Michelle and I talk a lot and um you know we're thinking that um event you know I don't know number of years will probably end up moving uh, to a new home of some sort uh, based on a whole bunch of factors but it'd be nice to now knowing like what I'm going through trying to fit it onto a garage it'd be nice to find a place where I can actually just load up I don't know, like a more than a 10 by 20 shop, even if possible, like in the backyard that, and then, and then like run all the power and, and like have it really output it. Cause, cause my biggest issue, um, is when, cause I, I do juggle too many projects at once. And when I'm juggling them and I don't have efficiency in the shop, it just, it's, it's, it doesn't work well. And when I have efficiency and I'm able to knock out four products or whatever in a day it's like it's it feels great so so i i, I would just I, i'm concentrating on, on that part a lot um, hoping and planning for the products and, and work to kind of be coming um sorry luke you had a question yeah uh with that size cnc are you planning on going into like metalworking as well or you just want something that can blow through the wood and just be very repeatable is that your main like focus with it the one thing with metalwork I'm considering right now are just for signs. So very simple, basic stuff. Um, uh, Cause so, so I've been built, I luckily, um, I mentioned this uh, well, sometime last year. Um, I'm working with somebody in Georgia who stands up shops for people, entrepreneurs or something like that. Um, so I, I work with her and I provide her her signs for both inside and outside the stores um so i would love because uh, there's a lot of automation in that i would love to increase that part of the business so um this year i'm planning to you know put that up um across my media pages a lot more probably focus some advertising and see if i can get more of those kind of big orders around signs in general and you know having metal signs um as well as standing up welding finally. Yeah, so so metalworking in general, I need like, I really wanna get into it. And that might be a, a, a shop space thing again, to be honest, cause there's sawdust everywhere. There's just, it, I can't safely weld in my shop at this, like right now. Um, so maybe I'll add that to the list. I'm, I'm gonna like throw it on the whiteboard and, and see, um, cause I would love to, I should do one. I'll, I'll do this this year. I'll do at the minimum one metal project, uh, probably for myself, probably like an end table or something to just like, you know, something that you have to get, um, like angles cracked and, um, you know, measurements and welded. And I'll, I'll try that. We'll, we'll start with that. And maybe I could try and see and see some part of it with the shape of go like a very small part and, and see how that goes. And, and I'll probably call Winston a whole bunch during that time. <laughs> you could also like make shop improvement stuff. Like you get some angle iron, you get a angle grinder, a welder. You could make a really sturdy table for your flip top uh, workbenches. That's, that's a good idea too. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a lot We're of good ideas. We're just feeding to George's uh, <laughs> load yeah. of all different projects to work on. Right? If you only saw what goes on inside the brain, it's like it's it's yeah. uh... like I think of welding, and I think of just how easy and cheap it is to make a super sturdy structure because like you can even go to home depot and just get strips of steel Mm -hmm. um the hard part to turning that into something useful is how do you join it do you bolt it Do you use a gusset plate or something but if you can just basically hot glue metal together into any shape you want you can make a really sturdy structure and that limitation is why my cnc enclosure is made out of two by fours because i really only know how to put wood together i can't like you could go 80 20 with like t-nuts and it it look polished it also be stupid expensive for what it is or like one foot of 80 20 could get you like four or five feet of like angles iron or something and so you can make a structure that's super strong for much cheaper than you think because you're just buying raw metal so that's there's a lot of things that that would unlock if you want to go down that path. That's that's a good path too. And, and I, I I know I've seen a lot of people for their like first welding project make the welding table or something like that. You know something mm-hmm. or actually what I'd really at that point and and you know maybe I'll lock it in with this. Maybe I'll make like the welding rolling cart out of metal because that'd be pretty cool. So like the um, I've seen a whole bunch of people do that so they can just instantly wheel out their welder and there's a whole bunch of tools you want like almost always at hand so maybe that will be what we do maybe i mean all you need is some some steel tube and an angle grinder and just a place to work and you could build up the cart from nothing yeah i mean i already have the angle grinder um i've got and I've already got the welder in a box sitting there, right? I so so like last year I was. You haven't taken it out of the box. <laughs> no, I because you know it's it's one of those things like it was on sale. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely gonna do this, and then I got it, and it's been sitting in the box, and and it's sitting. And you uh, said every tool that you purchase <laughs> for the company has to make enough money. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Just saying. The, so so welding and metalwork is like. It is my hill that I have not conquered yet, and it's just like it's always in the back. I have like the jacket. I got like I got it re- like it's it's ready, and I just gotta do it. And I'm gonna like go right, like George, after we talk today, what, just pop this thing out. <laughs> what do you need to purchase to make that work? Do you have the um? I need the, the metal shielding gas. Sure. I need the gas and the metal. Okay, so right now what's your best estimate of when you think you can fire that welder up well I, so it has to be based off the project right so maybe maybe it's that but you also part. need to practice a little bit first right so like you don't want to like jump into it the first weld you make is like oh this has to look good on camera you need a little bit of time to to get up and running so i'd give yourself like a week before you actually want to start breaking ground on your cart or whatever you're making this is the classic difference between winston and george uh in, in making processes you know yeah i i i know i should practice i know it, but <laughs> well, i also know what i'm gonna way, do <laughs> Go you gotta ahead. think about it if it's your welding car you might have some he- heavy stuff on there so wouldn't you also want it to be structurally sound as well i for so, this i would probably find plans because i don't okay. i don't want to start off with making my own designs for metal work that's too new. Like that's too much new for me, right? Try, true, I'd true. like to learn how to make somebody else's successful design, get the practice down, 
and then learn from that how I can go about designing. Um, I'm more saying yeah. like a quality weld purpose. Oh, so like yeah, I know like yeah. Winston's saying you want practice to make sure you're doing that. But yeah, if you're like at the corner joint where everything's kind of held and that's the most stress it'll experience when it hits a piece of a two by four scrap in the shop as you're rolling it over, like you don't want it to break and all fall apart in front of you. <laughs> that's true. And I, I did I did practice well for like 10 seconds once at a conference, right? Winston was there. We, we, we you know, we did it with Lincoln Electric. So, and the guy said it was a, yeah, whatever type of he weld. You, you to know? buy it. Come on, don't. don't. <laughs> he was like, that's an excellent weld. It was you perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think the biggest thing, George, is really just getting the settings down. It's just like the glow force. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, once you have it down, like, you know, oh, I'll just turn the knob to this and run my current at whatever setting, like, it'll work fine. But it's going to take just a, a little bit of trial and error to get there, to get the right settings so that you can cruise along and, and make the welds you need to make. All right, I'll practice, I'll practice first. For you, for you guys, I'll practice first. <laughs> I, I just wanna hear a timeline for you just so I can turn the screws a little bit and put some pressure on you come like March or something. Let, yeah, let, let's do it past March though. Let's do, because cause I have, I already have a bunch planned let's do uh, i'm gonna regret saying april but let's do april <laughs> april there will be a metal the the welder will be out of the box and it will be used hopefully as a practice run by april all right done okay. lock it I'm in with that it's in that's how we're doing it i'm gonna regret saying it but i'll, I'll be happy also, <laughs> safety equipment make sure you got a, a good fire extinguisher you trust in the shop yeah, that's a good. That's true. I should. I should, that's I should, I should have that thing. already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Amazon that like right after the yeah, podcast. This is, yeah, it's, it's already ordered. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so so um so I was gonna actually ask, what are you guys' thoughts throughout this year on conferences? Do you think you guys are gonna end up being able to attend any? Because you know the vaccines are coming out for COVID. I'm hoping that. I don't even know if WorkbenchCon is going to happen. I haven't heard anything, to be honest. I want to go to conferences. I really miss them, honestly. Um, and the virtual ones, just they just don't cut it in my mind. You're sitting at home. You don't get the experience, right? Any any thoughts? You guys have any plans already for that? Or Yeah, I hate virtual conferences 100%. <laughs> uh, I will straight up and say it. The problem for me is I was at work when Autodesk University was going virtual, and I was like, all right, there's some cool sessions like I want to uh, go attend and watch. And I know there's a live chat. You can talk with some other uh, attendees, quote unquote. But then I was at work and I looked at my calendar and I looked at the Autodesk schedule and I just ended up doing work. Like <laughs> unless I am physically away from home mm -hmm. or from work, I can't fully invest myself in a virtual event. Yeah. Um, it's really tough to pull yourself away when you've got pressing matters right there and it's a video that you could probably watch later yeah. uh, and then it turns out I still haven't watched those videos um, so I don't know there, there's a mentally there's a, a huge hurdle for me to, to have any interest in a virtual event um, as for my predictions I don't think any event before June or July is going to happen. Yeah, um, 
like you you think about it the most i'm in one of the worst states in terms of vaccine rollout and i hope california can pull it together but um i don't expect like average people like beyond phase two to get a vaccine before like late april or may and if it takes that long for like the average person to start getting vaccinated the general population that could go to a conference isn't going to be able to go for a couple months after that yeah Yeah, i just was able to schedule it for the vaccine the first shot of it february 10th so like Mm -hmm. i'm on track by the end of february i should be vaccinated um but i think that's because i'm a teacher Mm -hmm. and that's why they're like oh you're kind of near the top of the list um and that was tough to get that like i had to keep refreshing the page and a ton of stuff like that happening so um like because i'm vaccinated isn't really the only reason why i'd be okay with going but i don't think any venues are okay with hosting people that's a good um, point. Yeah. and yeah so i i think this year will be interesting if say september to december time frame like there might be some of those larger um gatherings starting but i, I really I agree with Winston that, you know, like the June timeframe for things to happen is very optimistic and things would have to turn around now for, for enough people to be vaccinated and then to also feel like safe enough mm-hmm. because there's, there's people on both ends of the spectrum. Like I'm ready to go right now, um, mask off. And then other people who are like, I won't even step near you, even if I have three N95s on. Um, (laughs) So even once the vaccine goes through, like there's still going to be a transition time for everybody to feel comfortable being around a lot of people again. At least I believe something like that will happen. Um, Like knowing my sister, for instance, and some of my friends, like I know that there's going to be some sort of transition window. Um, everybody's going to want to go there, but are they going to feel comfortable is another thing and to put out money to then go there. Um, I, I think that's kind of a whole nother realm. Um, this year, Here's I want a wanted... prediction for you. Go ahead. Do you think that the handshake is ever coming back? <laughs> oh. I don't think I would personally. That's a good point. Now, I don't know if I would shake a stranger's hand, like somebody that I just met for the first time, but like a friend, I might be like, oh, I trust you. Like, so the handshake might be more of a revered thing. Like, oh, if I shake mm. your hand, like that's a, a big level of respect. I, I think it will come back. Mm-hmm. But I think every room from now on will always have hand sanitizer. I think oh, yeah. when people sneeze, people are going to be way more aware that even if it's not COVID, like that's how germs spread now. Like people didn't used to understand why you would always get sick um, at an airport because of how many germs you, people coughing, touching and and never you're never near anything to wash your hands. So you never think about it and you ditch any like hand sanitizer normally if you don't have the small packet. So I think a lot more people will be aware of that. And that just leads to a whole bunch of other thoughts of like, you know, you know, how more, how much more or less people get sick or whatever that means down the road. Mm-hmm. But, but um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like that type of guy that I want to like hug and kiss everybody, man. Like I, like you're, if it's a, especially if it's for business, like I'm, yeah, I'm going to shake the guy's hand for sure. You know, like 
maybe even like a little bit of like a, a shake with like a the, grab like the use your other <laughs> arm to grab their elbow like real connection type of like hello there you know so the, the two point the touch. two point touch yeah that's what it's called but see george as you see that as being like oh this is a real whoops that <laughs> this is a real um uh like connection here you have to then be sure that the person you are trying to connect with thinks the two-point touch is as much of a connection as you think it is, right? Like, he might be like, all right, I'm going to go out for this handshake, but I hope to God he does not touch me anywhere else besides <laughs> my hand. <laughs> as creepy as that just sounded. But, yeah, you, you would have to think now, what is this other person? Are they on the same page as me? This is where it's it, we could go down a whole, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, at the start of the uh, the pandemic, I had a random thought of like, you know how people put their genders on like their their social media profiles. I was also thinking like, what if you put your your uh, your greeting of choice? Could it be like yeah. the hand emoji for like a handshake, a fist for a fist bump? Like, is there something for like an elbow tap? Like, what's your comfort level when you're meeting new people? Interesting. But but here's the here's what I would say to to the people who aren't you know cool with the handshake and stuff like that. You know, lead. You should lead with what you're comfortable with because people will get it. Like if I'm coming to see you, uh, if I'm meeting somebody and they come out with a fist bump, I'm not going to come out with a handshake because I know that's a step up. You know what I mean? Uh, I, Unless you're trying to play rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> somebody comes ever... up to you with their scissors, their hands like a scissor. <laughs> have you ever seen the funny um, high five things? Like if somebody goes to high five you, you put your hand out oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah, turkey. Turkey. Um, 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 what's it like turtle, squid? Kissing turtle. Um, yeah. Um, so like now you could get real creative like whoa dude i'm not a, a you're not a hand hug guy. type of guy everybody <laughs> yeah. loves a hand hug come on <laughs> oh this is that's that's interesting. interesting i i was actually pretty surprised um with like all of the sales throughout this past year that nobody and i really i was i thought i would see something like this nobody ever asked me when they ordered the product to like sanitize it before it went out or something i was wondering about that because like it's all handmade and i know like things probably don't last that long when they're shipped and stuff but i thought that there might be people on the spectrum who are so concerned that you know they understand this is handmade and they want me to like spray sanitizer on at the end of it and it never came up Uh, so i thought that was pretty um interesting or maybe it was just a like an overthought on my end but you know, I, I'm hoping we get to some good, fun, new, acceptable world. I'm hoping that with the conferences, if, you know, if, if fine, if it's not by summer, that maybe WorkbenchCon probably won't happen, but maybe I can finally make it out to, um, I forgot what it's called, the the Makers Camp in upstate New York, um, Jimmy Dressen. Yeah, uh, the Catskill Makers Camp. The Catskill Camp. Makers It's usually october Exactly. And it's outside a lot of it, and it's it you can drive there. And I've always wanted to go, but it's always like um, falling on like a date that doesn't work for me. So maybe this year I can make it out there and it'd be so much fun to be honest because i I haven't been camping in a while um and just like out on the grounds with a whole bunch of people making stuff just sounds like a lot of fun to me so maybe that'll be yeah that sounds like that has a lot of potential then um because i think then people are going to want something to do once everyone's vaccinated and all that so um i i think there's it's just going to be a lot that we're all balancing um so yeah and that's it's an event that's predominantly outside i think 
And also, it's only a couple hundred people. It's not like thousands and thousands of people. I don't, like, even in, like, September, I don't know if, like, New York Comic Con is going to happen. Because uh, if you want to get tens of thousands of people together, like, there are a few coworkers that I have who are like, I'm not sure if I'm going to get vaccinated as soon as it's available. Yeah. I want to wait a couple weeks or months. And I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, it's science. Um, but there are people who aren't like that. Um and I, I suspect that, I mean, the the attendance caps at events might slowly creep up. Like we might move past 50, we might get to a couple hundred. Um, but for those massive, massive events, like I don't know if it'll happen anytime soon. And companies are still kind of leery about it all. Uh, but small events like the Catskill Makers Camp, I think are prime candidates to come back first this year. Yeah. Yeah, um, and really that opens up like a new opportunity that people might recognize we don't need as many huge scale events like that. We do want something that's more intimate where, okay, I met, you know, say 40 or 50 people and really connected with them versus I saw, shook hands with, you know, close to 500 people, but really it was super brief, quick, everybody was in a rush. There was too much to see, whereas now this weekend outside, very focused on what we were doing trying to make you know build relationships that stuff it could be something that really changes the tide for at least again a small period of time until we're all comfortable with comic cons and you know huge sporting events and stuff like that um, but yeah hmm. it's something that i we'll think we'll, we'll only get the answer though as all of this starts to lay out like yeah. nobody's going to be able to perfectly predict it yeah uh yeah yeah the so one of the most um telling indicators for me uh back in like last march or so it wasn't the government that gave us the best information it was businesses like if you want like science you can trust i hate to say it but like you go to a corporation because it's in their best interests united airlines like when the first like well, a couple people started getting sick they're like all right we will allow you to cancel flights and your flight credit will be good until february of 2021 and then within a couple weeks after that when everyone else was still like oh hopefully it'll be over in a couple months they're like you know what we'll make your flight credit good until 2022 mm -hmm. like they foresaw this so much sooner because their like their business model depends on people wanting to fly mm -hmm. and so like the government like other people they might try and be optimistic but you like truth is in the money and it's kind of weird to to look to them for like predictions but they were pretty spot on with that that's true that's pretty interesting, interesting. well yeah. with 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 all that like you know with all those limitations and um you know if we can go to conferences or not that kind of goes to my last goal um that I can think of at least right now. And that's for somewhat higher level of collaborations throughout the year. And, um, you know, I, I want to collaborate on one or two projects um, at least throughout the year, but I'm also talking about, and this isn't more of a collaboration, maybe it's more marketing, but I want to start helping the maker community more. So um, an idea I have that I'm, I'm probably gonna try starting this weekend is I'm going to start an Instagram story and every post is going to be 
a different maker with a thing they made that I think is cool. And what I'm hoping is that people might catch on and do the same because, you know, people follow who they like. And then if that person posts something they like, they'll instantly check it out because they're like, oh, well, maybe there's some type of connection there. And I think, you know, um, I... I'm lucky. I'm lucky that my business did well last year, but I have read about other makers who, you know, last year was their big jump, and it was in a jump that they needed that um, type of travel or whatever not, and they're not doing so well because of it. And I want to. I think it's good to just kind of help spread the community, and and that comes from collaborations as well as marketing others. I think, and I want. I want to. I, I haven't done that really, to be honest, to a large extent ever. So I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna see how that goes. I'm gonna keep building myself up with the YouTube page, and I'm, I'm gonna see and just grow in general, right? Every year, like we mentioned before, every year I wanted to beat last year. You know, sales obviously helps, but you know, YouTube and and social media and just like how I feel about the business. Did I have fun making stuff? Did I have my big projects? You know, was it successful? And was it more successful than last year, I guess? It's, that's that's the goal. We'll see how, how that kind of works out. Yeah. And don't worry, guys. I'm going to throw you guys on that that Instagram story. Gonna, <laughs> so so if you guys want to join the party, feel free. See if we can yeah. all make some stories. I think that could really work out well. Yeah, I know a lot of people would do the feature Fridays and stuff. And um, like you, George, I do feel that's important for um, makers to kind of help and promote each other because you really don't know um, how people connect and then how much it can really help them out. Um, and like you're saying, I didn't know about that, how it hit a lot of people hard. Um, I think I was insulated by one, taking myself off and two, um, as it being a side hustle it isn't where I depend upon money coming in. Um, I see it more as like turn on, turn off, let me get extra cash or something like that. Um, this year, like I've said, I'm trying to be more intentional or purposeful so that it can be something that um, starts to operate more in the background. I liked a lot of what I was hearing from you guys in previous podcasts about George, you saying like the digital design files. Um, I think Winston, did you even touch on something like that or you were I started selling plans, not plans, but files through Squarespace for like a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, normally I release my files to patrons, mm-hmm. uh, but I was like, hey, if you don't want to join Patreon like for like $2, if you want to download this Fusion files, you can take it apart or make something like tweak it, make your own like box or something. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like initially, like when I first did that on a video, I got a ton of sales. But even like yesterday, I just got a random sale and that's just passive income that'll just keep trickling in over time. Dude, yeah. I, I made a few hundred off of one file that took me 10 minutes to make just because some people <laughs> uh, and, it, you know, it is what it is. Some people just um, don't have the time or whatnot to, to make the design. And and so if I like made a more complicated design, I'd probably sell for a little bit more, but sold something for cheap. And and I just I don't even pay attention anymore and it's nice. It's just a little bit of passive income and it's one design. I want to increase it. I got to, that's part of the plan as well. Yeah. I, I think that's like a big thing for me is that like, I like the design side of this. I mean, that's what I used to do at Navair was I got the 3d model, any product that we needed or wanted. And that was the fun part of it. Um, so I see that as like, why not try to go forward with that? It's, I think my own like obstacle in my head that, I think, why wouldn't you want to do it? 
And it's like, well, duh, you idiot. Not everybody thinks like that. Like that, that's the fun part. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to try to do um, stuff more like that so that it can kind of run on autopilot. Um, but I know like kind of now going back to when you were saying conferences, that made me think of craft shows. And so I wrote down within this document, um, one of my goals is to go to at least one craft show by the end of the year. So I figured that gave like, you know, all 12 months and ideally for me, the end of the year is, you know, we got Christmas and all that. That's the time frame I like the craft shows um, because it seems like people, one, they have the purpose to go out and get a gift for mom, dad, sister, brother, whoever. Um, so I think it would be a good time. Also, if it's around a time where everybody's like, yeah, let's go out. We're finally able to get out of the house and all that. It might be like a pretty large number of people i could boost followings i could start maybe getting more regular customers um i already have like my um start of a product lot uh, catalog of like just simple things like cutting board with handwritten recipes dog tags because i my oh, big yeah. thing this year is like um so i can make digital files for dog tags sell that if people really care i don't think that's going to be a big seller but i figure anything that i do end up designing i want to end up posting it out there for others to grab um but each thing that i make i want there to be some sort of charity or say like animal shelter within the area that i'm um donating to oh, so like it. some of the proceeds so it's like that's where there's been time for me to now like sit sit down think and really plan out how i'm going to do all of this and so i feel this year is really like i have to start executing on some of these thoughts so if I could have a craft show at the end of the year, I feel like that would be a really um, great way for me to end the year. So now it's just building up to get to that point where I can kind of hit the ground running. People want something like, you know, dog tags, cutting boards, that or more. I'm ready to go around that like October time frame. Um, so. I'm gonna have to get with you because mm -hmm. I really want to learn craft fairs, and I yeah. honestly I might burn and sink at one, but I I just want to try one, and I need to understand the level of commitment it takes to stand up for one. To be honest, because I want to see, I, I want to do one. I really want to do one for. Fun. I mean, I think why your don't you guys get a booth together? Uh, we, yeah. we should. <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, in. Let's do, do it. it. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah, happening. Let's do it. But I I, I got to get with you and figure out like. Yeah. What needs to be prepared for something like that? I mean, that just sounds, I mean, I mean, and this so might fun. sound kind of greedy, but we might be able to say like, look, everybody's going to be ready to come out there. Like you should lower the entrance fee. Like sometimes they're 20 bucks. Sometimes they're like $200. It can be different depending mm -hmm. on how many people they think they're bringing. But when you think about that, say it's just $100, you don't have to sell too much. And if you have, say, five people who are like i really really wanted this but i only brought this much money today you can start getting orders already to plan out from there right yeah and it's that promotion that i know i had people who came back and they're they said we made these um they were like children play sets an oven and like a sink out of old nightstands we just repurposed them and the one lady who walked past she was like oh i'm a pre-k teacher we love getting you know wooden toys instead of the plastic toys um but i can't do it right now like i, I don't have the car for it and you know with school and all all these things that were happening i think this would have been i guess two years ago mm -hmm. we would have been near the end of the school year she said i really want to get back in touch with you and so she did that and we actually had 
um, one to sell at the time. So we were like, oh, this is perfect. Here you go. So I feel like a craft show, it's very similar to Instagram, but just in real life. You know, you get to make those connections. People still remember you. And um, yeah, you can get sales off of it. So, all right, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get with you because uh, I'm interested, man. That that sounds yeah. that sounds awesome to and me. And your personality, I think, would be good there. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll get people, people coming to us. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> because see, I've had ideas where it's like have a mini cornhole set set up and be like, here, oh, try to yeah. throw one in. If you get it in first try, like you can pick one of these objects or yeah. something like that. And then you get people just wanting to come to your booth to do that, see if they win. You know, like there's so many ways I think we could go about making it actually like a fun experience for people to come our way. And then, yeah, you start building a buzz and I, I think oh, it could so be a down. really cool thing. Yeah, I'm so down. <laughs> so so I got to get going soon. So maybe we'll wrap it up for today. But this has been awesome talking to you guys and catching up. And I think this year is going to be good for all of us. I can't wait to see what comes from it. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Cool. Yep, same here. All right, guys. We'll, we'll catch you later. Take care. Sounds good. Bye.